0: We're roller skating near their accomplice.
1: Near their accomplice. By their accomplice.
0: By their accomplice.
1: Near the person who assisted them with some crimes.
0: I'm I'm taking this from the top. Lindsay.
1: Hi, Erica. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. There is still a little bit of a delay because... Is there really? Yeah, because it took you a second to say that how you were doing, unless you took a purposeful pause, but it seemed just like it didn't seem purposeful.
0: It was not on purpose. Oh,
1: this is going to be a fun recording. Oh, fuck yeah.
0: I can't wait to edit out all of the awkward silence. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's because I'm also in my closet today. My internet already is kind of bad, but mm, might be worse. Maybe
0: we're both in the closet, listeners. Congratulations! Wow!
1: Congratulations to our listeners for us both sitting in our closets.
0: Yes, it is a week <laughs> of homophobia. Clearly,
1: correct. Uh, yeah. Pride Pride Month will be in June, but this recording is shame. Also,
0: go stream shame recording. Call me Montero. Call me by your name by Little Nas X. It's great. I have not listened to it. I'm enjoying the memes. Honestly, I think it's a banger. It's very really good.
1: Lonos X is good. He is a talented singer, artist, whatever he identifies yeah. as. But I haven't gotten around to it. That's fine. The
0: video is fun too.
1: The video. I can yes. see why
0: people are really angry about it, but I love it. I think it's good. great. Nice. I will. I will listen to it at some point. Yeah, highly recommend. Anyway, so how are you feeling about some aliens tonight, Erica? If you if there's one
1: thing about me, it's that I am always feeling good about aliens. Perfect,
0: because I think enough weird things have happened in the past like couple weeks, that like we deserve some aliens.
1: We always deserve some aliens. As you take a nice little sip out of your Christmas mug.
0: Yes, my um Christmas village in Philadelphia. Anyway, so I want to talk about how we got here. Basically, I started watching Skate the Infinity with Anna. Like we've been watching it religiously since it came out in January. And the been, watching is this Sorry, been watching what this week? Sorry, I've been watching what skate the infinity so it's a skateboard anime uh, Listen, i don't want to hear actually... about these aliens anymore <laughs> you're not gonna hear about wow rude anyway it's really good it's got a banging soundtrack and it made me buy a skateboard so i've been learning how to skateboard anyway
1: That's
0: fun. in honor of skate and it's bound ba- and it's banging soundtrack we're going to japan and we're going to talk about not one but two alien sightings from 1975 Ooh, don't act like you're not excited now because I am excited. Did you not hear my little ooh? Oh, I thought it, the way you looked, it was like, oh. I was like,
1: no, wow. I'm what? just tired. Okay,
0: I just ate like a heart. whole
1: poke bowl. So my I'm <laughs> sleepy. I need to stop eating a big dinner before we record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go get some alcohol.
1: I already had some of that too. So, okay, and I'm, cause I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. So I drank all the alcohol in my house.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Anyway, let's start with our first alien, the fanged Humanoids of Kofu, Japan. On February 23rd, 1975, Masada Kawano and Katsuhiro Yamahara were roller skating near their apartment complex, as seven-year-olds are wont to do. Sometime before 7 p.m., the two boys saw a pair of glittering orange UFOs moving towards them. As the two stared, the larger UFO flew away, towards, like, a nearby mountain range, but the smaller one actually went and landed in a vineyard behind what they refer to as the estate, which is just, like, where all the apartments are. So, as seven-year-olds are also known to do, the two boys took off their skates and ran over to see what the objects was because, you know, children have no sense of self-preservation.
1: But why would they take off their skates? They would get there faster if they left the skates on.
0: You're running through grass because it's a vineyard. You can't really roller skate through grass.
1: Uh, not with that attitude,
0: Erica. You're right, but it's also very hard. So Kawana and Yamahata stated that the UFO looked like a silver disc with a large dome on top and three circular or ball-shaped feet beneath it. So it's kind of like your, what's now known as like a typical UFO that like you would see in like clip art or whatever. Mm-hmm. The ship was about 7 feet tall and 15 feet wide and had strange writing on its hull. Mm. As
1: it- what? Sorry, you said hull.
0: <laughs> I said hole, hull. H-U-L-L, hull. Oh,
1: I heard it had strange writing on its hull. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry
1: that you can't
0: hear. As the ship landed, it made noises, uh, kind of like what you hear from a Geiger counter, which if you haven't heard those before, it kind of sounds like if static could make a tapping noise.
1: That's actually a really good way to describe it, yeah. Thank
0: you. I listened You're to welcome. a lot of the a lot of recordings of it beforehand so that I could figure out how to accurately describe it.
1: You should have just put in one of those recordings in the
0: podcast. It's a really annoying noise. Doesn't have to. Anyway, while the two boys stared at the ship, a ladder dropped down and a humanoid creature exited, leaving a nearly identical being to, like, man the, what, like, was probably, like, the control room. So like there is one alien that left the ship and another alien stayed on the ship. Gotcha. The creature had long arms and dark brown, wrinkly skin, like so wrinkly that it made it impossible to identify any facial features, save for three metal fangs, each about two inches in length. The creature stood about four feet tall, had large pointed ears, two-toed feet, and clawed, four-fingered hands. It was dressed in a glowing or reflective silver uniform and carried a long object that the boys say looked like a rifle. After looking around the area, kind of like scouting it out, the alien noticed Kawano and Yamahata and approached the boys. The boys, who did not run. These are the first people who have had any common sense when encountering an alien. And are seven. I'm proud of these kids. If aliens (laughs) come up to you... Just accept it and be their friend. Anyway, so, the alien, like, patted Yamahata's shoulder twice and spoke to the boys, who said that, like, the sounds they made were, like, was, like, a tape recorder running backwards. Like, that's what it sounded like to them. Ooh. Yeah. Yamahata then collapsed to the ground, like, paralyzed. However, it's kind of debated whether this was, like, from fear, like his friend thinks, or if it was due to the effects of an encounter of the third kind. Because sometimes, like, aliens are known to place humans in kind of, like, a suspended state to prevent them from hurting, like, themselves or the aliens. Uh But, regardless, the boy fell down. Kawano picked up his friend Yamahata, put him over his shoulders, and carried him back to their apartment complex as quickly as he could, where the two hysterical boys recounted the story to their mothers. The moms kind of, like, looked toward the vineyard and actually witnessed orange, strobe-like lights coming from like that area. The lights continued to pulse for five minutes before the UFO took off, emitting a light so bright that they all had to look away. And then in addition to like these two boys and their moms, eight-year-old Ichiro Minagishi, a janitor and a local woman who was driving through the area, also noticed flying saucers, though they didn't have an encounter with the aliens themselves. Yeah. The next day at school, Kawano and Yamahara, told this wild tale to their friends and teachers, and even drew pictures of the alien and the saucer. So, because the whole school was kind of going crazy at that point, because, you know, kids, the principal decided to take a field trip. The class, teachers, and principal grabbed whatever scientific gear they had laying around and went to the vineyard. When they got there, they noticed that two of the concrete posts had been pushed over, a feat which would have been impossible for the boys to have completed on their own. So, like... At a vineyard, imagine, like, grapevines traveling up. It's a really tall, like, concrete post, and it's probably deeply rooted in the ground, so it's hard to, like, topple. hmm The teachers also noticed soil impressions and, like, a ring pattern in the dirt near those broken posts, which they referred to as landing traces. And then one teacher also claims that the circular patch was found to be radioactive.
1: Interesting. Also... Very cool that they could just take a whole bunch of kids and they didn't have to get permission slips or anything. The I good mean, old hey, days.
0: yeah. It was like 1975. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Who
1: cares about these kids? We're going to go Who look cares? at some alien tracks. Fuck
0: yeah! Let's go make sure these kids actually saw aliens. <laughs> 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 Gotta prove their stories wrong. Exactly. Or Except right, apparently. They didn't prove it wrong. So despite in-depth questioning from like their parents, the principal... And even, like, a UFO investigator, the boys' stories didn't waver or change at all. Like, I think the article I was reading said they were eerily consistent. Hmm. However, the Civil Aviation Bureau of Transportation Ministry stated that UFOs were probably just the lights of a YS-11 propeller plane, which, like, flies at low altitudes. I think it was, like, a thousand feet. And you can, like, see it by the naked eye. But this does not explain the alien doesn't it explain the aliens or why those two poles got knocked over? Exactly. It explains the lights in the sky. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it doesn't explain the rest. No, I don't buy it. No, neither do I. The other, like, explanation they have is that a similar creature called Alien Hook did appear on an episode of Japan's Ultra 7 in 1968, which, like, mm. was a popular live-action special effects TV show. This creature physically resembled the Kofu humanoids, like, minus the fangs, but from what I was reading, there's not, like, a record of whether or not this episode was re-aired around the time of the sighting, so, like, whether or not it could have influenced them. Because, honestly, it came out seven years prior to the sighting, so the same year that the boys were born, probably. Yeah, and they, like, not that the
1: technology didn't exist, but people didn't, like, tape TV shows back then. Like, that wasn't an option for most people.
0: No, so if they saw it, it would have been a rerun. Yeah. But it also, it would have been a rerun seven years later, so I don't know how likely that is.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money in that, but that's interesting.
0: No. So, in a more paranormal vein of explanations, the alien has been noted to slightly resemble the Hopkinsville goblins, said it right this time. Yeah. And to really, really resemble the Pascagoula alien abductions, which is like, Considered to be one of the most important abduction events in ufology. It's a super, like, cool and really detailed event, So, but it deserves its own episode, so nice. for now I'm just going to kind of, like, briefly mention it. Basically, aliens came from a spaceship that emitted a bright blue light, so emits a bright light. It was disc or egg-shaped and about 8 feet tall, similar to the 7 feet tall ship that the boys saw. Mm-hmm. The aliens themselves stood about five feet tall. The boy said that theirs were four feet. And they had what was called, like, bullet-shaped heads. So, I guess, like, kind of tapering to a point. Yeah, that makes sense. Instead of facial features, they had, like, a slit for a mouth and conical protrusions coming from where, like, their nose or ears would be. So, the guy described it as, like, carrots sticking out of a snowman. So, just imagine, like, yeah. pointy things. Um, Their skin was gray and wrinkled, and they had claw-like hands and round feet without toes. They also didn't note any, like, eyes, ears, or nose, like again,
1: Interesting. Yeah, because even if they said they had three metal fangs, that could be, like, some kind of, I don't know, little kids not really understanding what they're seeing. That
0: is also true. So I think... It's partially. It could be something like that. It could be that like the pointy things coming out of their heads are what like the kids took for ears, even.
1: Mm.
0: But I think it's like that. The lack of facial features, because I mean, maybe the alien had a slit for a mouth, and the kids just didn't notice because they were so like terrified. That's true. Maybe it was also nighttime. Right? That's where the fangs were from. It was like seven p.m. in February, so it was probably getting dark. Yeah. Probably pretty dark. It might have been, like, dusk, I guess.
1: That makes sense. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. But I think it's mostly, like, the pointy things, lack of facial features, and wrinkly skin that kind yes. of make people, like, connect these sightings.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because with the, um, with the Pascagoula case, they actually, like, abducted two people. But, and I think the one person, like, fainted, which could also be connected to the kid, like, Yamahata, like, falling down, paralyzed from free right. sort of thing. Right. But, again, like, they didn't go into it too, too much. So, while the Kofu area didn't see another UFO anytime soon, not all of Japan remained so quiet. On March 24th, 1975, only one month after the Kufo incident, a man named Gichi Shiota had an alien encounter of his own. In the city of Kawanoe, Shiota saw a luminous figure in a spacesuit that seemed to be suspended in midair. The creature, which he dubbed an alien cosmonaut, floated almost seven feet off the ground, about like 300 feet away from where Shioda stood. He had also apparently seen UFOs before, so he was unfazed. (laughs) But... (laughs) I know, I know. How do you, like, you see UFOs before, so you're like, ah, yes, perfect, the aliens are back. You've seen one, you've seen them all, really, when you think about it. (laughs) I mean, apparently. Apparently. But apparently he did, like, develop a headache from this, like, immediately, which some people theorize, like, maybe headaches are, like, aliens trying to communicate. Mm. Because the same thing happened with the Zanfretta alien abductions, which I think we've also mentioned before, but haven't actually, like, gone into.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, it was in Italy. Hmm. So after this encounter, Shioto was determined to capture the creature on film. He returned to the landfill where it seemed to be coming from every night for a week, armed with three cameras. On March 31st, his hard work paid off. Shioda suddenly developed a headache and then, like, looked up to see a bluish white electrical disturbance floating about 300 feet in front of him. After several minutes, a humanoid apparition about six feet tall appeared from the cloud of electricity and just kind of, like, gently floated down until it hovered only a foot off the ground. It then glided towards him, made it about halfway before suddenly veering to the right and, like, traveling at high speed for about 30 feet before it disappeared. The entire event took only about two minutes, but Shioda did manage to capture the creature on film. Ooh. And it, like, eerily looks like the Metal Man of Falkville. Which, if you know what that is, it honestly kind of looks like the Tin Man from uh, Wizard of Oz. Nice. So, well, it's unlikely that the alien cosmonaut is the same creature as the Kofu, also, for some reason, even though he got it on film, this case is not, like, more popular.
1: That's wild, yeah. yeah did did like, you see the video? Do they have it somewhere? So- they. It's not a...
0: <laughs> yes, I have the picture. I can show you later. Oh! Do you want to see it now? Yes. Okay. This is the picture. It's just... It's very blurry. Yeah. But you can clearly see, like, a bright white shape in the form of a human
1: oh definitely and you can tell that it looks like it's wearing a helmet and like yeah astronaut gloves
0: yeah it's really fucking cool yeah neat yeah i want that like on a poster what
1: i want that like on a poster i would
0: hang that in my room fuck yeah that'd be awesome so while it's unlikely that the alien cosmonaut is the same creature as the kofu humanoids i still just think it's like super cool that japan had two major alien encounters within a month within like a month of each other oh yeah yeah But, either way, that's all I really had for the Kofu banged humanoids and the alien cosmonaut. There are, like, a lot of alien sightings that are related to these, so I highly recommend, like, look at the sources if you want to go down, like, a super deep rabbit hole of alien encounters. It's like being on a Wikipedia page and, like, clicking link after link after link and, like... It's
1: my typical Friday night, uh, baby.
0: Honestly, probably could have done, like, a three-hour episode just clicking every link on, like, all the alien sightings that these are related to. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That, maybe maybe we'll do, if we ever get listeners, we'll do a live stream and just go down a,
0: <laughs> a rabbit we'll hole. We'll go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and be like, did you see this one? Oh my god, think about
1: this, and then we talk about it for 45 minutes.
0: Yes, let's do it. Okay. Alright, so my sources for this episode were the Cryptids Wiki page for Alien Cosmonaut, and two articles written by Rob Morphy for Cryptopia, The first is Fanged Humanoids of Kofu, Japan, and the second is Cascagoula Alien Encounters, Mississippi, U.S. Also, I'm, like, 95% certain I've, like, used him as a source for some of my other episodes. I feel like it's something in Louisiana.
1: Yeah, I've definitely used Cryptopia before, so I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, Rob Morphy. Good dude. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: But yeah, that's it.
1: Good job. I loved it. We haven't talked about aliens in a hot minute, I don't think. I know.
0: Well, because we did a whole bunch. It's literally because we've just been, like, so not able to record. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Life is hard sometimes. We're busy. (laughs) Life is hard. Um, But, yeah, thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate every... All 12 of you. Yeah. We're glad that you're still listening. Yeah. Tell your friends
0: about it. Make it 24. (laughs) Heck, yeah. Do that. Uh Also, if they do want to, like, tell their friends about it, how can their friends find us, Lindsay?
1: Okay. So this might take some convincing because they're your friends and they don't know about this podcast yet, but tell your friends to go to Japan (laughs) when travel is safe again. So this is going to take, this is like a long game, but it's okay. Tell them to go to Japan and wait in a vineyard. Doesn't have to be a specific one. We'll find it. And then me and Erica will come down in a UFO uh, and we'll introduce ourselves to your friends and we'll show them the podcast and we'll have a really great time.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds
1: great. Yeah. Good plan. Um, but if if they want to start listening sooner than that, because things are... COVID is happening still, but not as bad, yes, but is. still bad. But, you know, um, they can follow us on Instagram at Just Might Exist, or they can send us an email at uh, just might exist podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm somewhat revitalizing the Tumblr at Just Might Exist. Oh, yeah. Also that. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, that's okay. It's I've done very few posts on it, but hey... It's a start.
1: I also haven't posted on Instagram in two months. I don't know. That's fine. Well, listen, sometimes there's stuff on there. They can look at it. There are some clips. They can listen to some clips. Heck yeah. They can listen to the whole thing. We would love
0: if you listened to the whole thing.
1: That would be best, actually. You should do that part. Oh, for sure.
0: So with that, Lindsay, I have one more question for you. The -hmm. the question we have not answered in like two weeks. (laughs) What is our Cryptid of the Week?
1: Cryptid of the Week is a regular recording schedule that we actually stick to every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. It's tricky.